Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to the Liverpool Groove. Last episode of 2023. It's been it's been a busy year. I'm getting notifications. Fuck off you. Um, yeah, it's been a busy little end of the year for us. Um, it's been loads of fun. We've enjoyed doing this again. But yeah, 2024 is going to be fucking great. But let's get into it. Going to talk about the last game first and then we'll talk a little bit about the Arsenal game because there wasn't really much to talk about in that. Um but yeah, good result against Burnley. Good performance overall, I thought. Um, didn't think anybody had a bad game. Um, obviously, still a bit of controversy. Doesn't escape us, does it? Um, what did you What did you make of it overall? Obviously, good goal from Nunes. Good goal from Jota. Both very different goals, but both really good. Yeah, um, pretty much how we've been all season. We didn't take all our chances, so it was a bit nervy going towards the end of the game. Um, could have been out of sight. We should have been out of sight if the officials didn't try and fucking cheat us. But um, we played well. We we knuckled down. They, they started fighting once our second one got disallowed. Um, and it was it was pretty much straightforward. I thought we were we were comfortable. Never really in any doubt of winning the game. But as the time goes by, and you are only winning by one goal. And even like watching on the telly, the commentators are willing them to score and the referees mm. are willing them to score and the officials are willing them to score. You're just thinking matter of time, but realistically, I think it was just a matter of time before we did the last second because we scored it three times, didn't we really? Yeah. No, it, you know what? It, I think it was it was a com- very comfortable game. Um, but I think it's just these little improvements on last season that I like about everything, you know. Last season, we went to all three promoted ta- sides and lost. You know, this season, all right, the Luton game wasn't wasn't good. Um, and we didn't, you know, get the three points there. But Sheffield United and Burnley, in the form that they're in, is a game in other gears where we 100% would have lost. So you got to take every bit of positive you can. But I think, yeah, it should have been, it should have been more clear than it was. Uh, the two disallowed goals, there's, there's no convincing me ever that <laughs> they should have been disallowed. They were both absolutely fine. I just don't understand any of them. Like, the first one, what a goal, by the way. Yeah, but then like, finish. The first one is, like, the defender who's meant to have been fouled doesn't even claim. He just puts his hand on his head, gutted that he's, he's fell mm. over and cost him a goal. Like, why, why isn't VAR getting involved with that? Or fucking whether they have... And saying, look at the video. It's mm. not a foul. There's no foul there. There's no contact. There's nothing in it. Um, and then the second one is just fucking ludicrous. Like, l- bizarre. 
the keeper's already dived the wrong way. Yeah. Keeper's already dived the wrong way. And Salah's being physically pushed over into an offside position, which is clever by the defender. But that's, that should be taken into consideration. Um, and he hasn't, to be honest, as I say, the, the keeper's not getting it anyway. So Salah's made no difference to the result of where that ball goes. Ball's going in, regardless of Salah being there or not. So, yeah, the rules are flawed. Lad. We keep talking about it every week. It's fucking boring now. It's boring. It's like the game is just... I don't know whether they're just doing it on purpose to fuck it so we end up doing a Super League or something. Or teams start branching off into their own thing. It's just shit. They need to sort it out before fans stop showing interest because it's terrible. You can't enjoy a goal. No, you can't. Um, you know, Klopp got asked about it in, in the press conference. You, you, do, do you think they need to be brave and, and binny and stuff like that? And he didn't want to answer it because he would get misquoted and then obviously he got misquoted. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, was, he just said, get rid of it. No, we need to use it better. And like we've been saying for, I'd say I'd say weeks, but it's not even weeks. It's, you know, when we were only doing a podcast here and there last season and the year before, we were saying it, it's not, VAR isn't the problem. It's it's the people using VAR. They're all just awful, and the standards are so absolutely astron- astronomically low that I don't know. It's just accepted now. It's like, and then you get all the what does me add in is these ref accounts on Twitter, lad, and they wind me up. So I, I don't interact with them anymore because it just did that one. But it winds me up because it's never. He's just always, oh yeah. Well, the ref is—he's being surrounded, and or he's—he's the ref's done this, and it's like, yeah, but the ref's like just just admit he made a mistake, and it's like, it's just like you said, it's boring. Um, it's the exact same as the police. They're the same as the police. The police never admit when they fuck up. They're just power hungry little dickheads. That's what referees are. The 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 people who try to get in the police and couldn't. So they go to another form of being the boss. The fucking shite. They are the shite. There's no. Like, fair play, Sunday league referees, you're having a go, so kids can play football, thank you, well in, you're having a go. Sunday league, you're letting lads footy go on, lads and girls now, but league, Sunday league football at a, at a decent level, yeah, thanks for turning up. You're getting paid fucking top money to be refereeing, big decisions, and you could be costing teams trophies. You, you, you're, like, you're affecting the history of a football club, and footballers and you're just taken away from the game, like I'm not not you directly. Like, <laughs> any it's all my fault. <laughs> Until they come out and say, "Yeah, we are wrong. We are doing this wrong. We need to improve." Even when you've got the likes of Mike Dean who sits on the fence when there's fucking terrible decisions, or we support our mates and all that. Fuck off. Let the referees referee, and let the dickheads and the officers. Uh, if you're not going to let footballers do it, then don't have anyone doing it. But mm. I see McManaman saying with the day, like there's people who've never kicked the ball making decisions on like how it should be perceived in play and stuff like that. You wouldn't know if you'd never played footy at a decent level. You wouldn't know. Like you any goalie would go there, he's gone to the right. He is not making that ball, no matter mm. what. So it's a goal, regardless whether he can see or not, he's already gone. He's already gone the wrong way, so he's not making the save. Goal. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what it needs. It does they're making rules up as they go along and they're like the rules are flawed. The yeah. rules are flawed. So, the, don't get me wrong. I think it's a hard decision. I think it's a hard position to be in doing VAR because it is. It's still an opinion. 
it's whoever's in the office opinion against the referee's opinion on the day, mm. and it just doesn't add up. The rules don't add up, so I don't think it's ever going to get fixed until they put people with a fucking brain cell in the offices. Um, and yeah, I think like if you had like an analysis team, for instance, like Ian Wright, Gary Lineker, Graham Souness, in a like a, like a jury in an office watching the same screen and it went two votes to one, you'd accept that. You know what I mean? Mm. You'd accept it, but again, you've got to rule out the football bias as well, but I think they're, they're too big, prof- too high a profile to be to be costing teams points based on bias. So yeah. you'd have to just accept that there isn't any bias in the game like they do when they speak about the match and mm. just, just sit there fucking out give them a fucking pack of popcorn and a few bevies and let them watch the match and let them decide what the thing's real because you get more sense out of that. People who love the game, people who played the game, than you will these little power-hungry gobshites. Yeah, I mean, they had um, Jay Bothroyd on, on Sky uh, a few days ago when they were doing ref watch with them. Um, I think it was after the Arsenal game and uh, when Odegaard turned into a Harlem Globetrotter um, and he was saying, you know, why? Why wouldn't you get an ex? Why wouldn't you get an ex player in the room with them to give the players perspective? Not even necessarily sort of have any say in the decision or anything like that, but to go to the refs and go, well, hang on a minute, look from a player's point of perspective here, this has happened or that's happened. So I don't think that should be the decision that you come to, kind of thing, and just offer that side of things because at the minute it's all just completely, you know following the, the the guidebook and the rules are changing every season. They've made they've made fucking three different changes to the offside rule in the last three seasons and the handball rule. No one knows what's offside anymore. No one knows what's handball anymore. Like Exactly. It's fucking it's, crazy. <laughs> so don't get me wrong, I don't I don't I blame the refs obviously because they're not good enough, but at the same time you can't put all the blame on them because it's the higher ups, the bosses, IFAB, Howard Webb and all that, who are constantly making changes to it you can't keep up well, I agree and that's what I mean it, it is a hard job it was it was a lot easier when referee made a mistake and we all went to the pub and went fucking hell that was death old goal that no it wasn't uh, I'd rather that again I'd mm. rather the debate be in the pub and not on in every paper in fucking it's every fucking news it just the debate is the referee's made the decision we're fucking fuming because it's gone against us we believe it's a goal they don't believe it's a goal. Fucking allies get over it. But when you've got people with access to screens and lines and fucking angles and all that, making incorrect decisions all the time, it's just boring. It's ruining the game. It's you can. It's a fucking. It's a cheated sport. It's a biased sport. It's there's no sporting integrity in football at the minute. And when Klopp questioned that, he got ridiculed. But he's fucking totally right. Mm. There's no integrity in the game anymore. It's it's basically whoever's in. We know we see a few names, um, like such a body's in VAR, such a body's the referee. We know we're going to struggle instantly. Yeah. We know there's certain names. Every every time we get them, something goes against us, drastically wrong. So, you know, if that was in any other sport or in any other job where one person was affecting another team or person all the time without real evidence. <laughs> You'd get you'd sack them. Mm. Well, you've only got, got a look at the Burnley game. It was Paul Taney on the pitch. It was Simon exactly. Hooper. In, uh, I think Simon Hooper was the assistant VAR. 
it's like you know Klopp has had a very fucking public gripe with with Paul Tierney. You know, he said he's literally said, "I have no problem with any other ref except for you." Like, yeah, he's got every right to feel like that. And like, so, how can he keep? I know, obviously, you can't just bend to the manager's will. Otherwise, you'll get every single manager going. Oh, you know what? He gave a dodgy penalty against us three years ago. I don't want him refing us anymore. The, the, you can't be having that. I understand, but it's just it seems a constant way, and every team will feel the same. Don't get me wrong, and. That you know, every team at the minute has probably got a right to, in all fairness. Um, what you know, there's too much, there's too much tribalism with it all. Like, we've seen it when the Diaz scandal happened, you know, everyone was, ah, get on with it. Um, just got to accept the decision, blah blah blah. And Poster Coglu, I've always, I've always learned to respect the referee's decision, got to get on with it until the other day when it, you know, he's making sarcastic comments about referees. Um, but that's what it is. It's it, there's too much tribalism in it. It's just no one cares until it accepts until it affects their club, and that's yeah, why yeah. we've made the point on here to highlight mistakes in other games that haven't involved Liverpool or haven't had any effect on you know Liverpool's season and rivals and things like that. Because every single team in the league is is affected by these shit decisions and the people bad. involved. And yeah, bad Manchester City, obviously not. But you know what? There's probably even. You probably don't notice it as much with them because it doesn't happen as much. But they'll, you know, they could say the same. They probably think the same way we do about it towards themselves. No, you know what I mean? No, but I can't see it because like ninety percent of, of decisions that that end up with them, it goes their way. I agree like myself. But... Wrong, even with like fucking hand balls or disallowed goal, like what, what was the fucking the Harlem goal where he's up where there's someone offside. Oh Someone, yeah, yeah. A line of the goalie, the exact same as Salah the other day, <laughs> right? The exact same goal given, mm. and ball in the box, fucking goal, no, no penalties. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. It's, there's, I'm not saying there's a, an actual bias for Man City to win the league or whatever, but they fucking get it out. And I think it's a, it was the same with Man United years ago. Like certain managers have a certain pull over referees, and no matter what happens, there's, that's always going to be part of the game. Klopp's not trying to have a pull over anyone. He just wants the game to be played fairly. If it's not going to be played fairly in the sense that they can go and spend what the fuck they want, then at least give us a chance. At least fucking ridicule them and prosecute them for fucking refereeing. You know, mistakes on the pitch and accidents on the pitch that they, they do. The handballer or they're offside, give it. But mm. they're not even doing that. They're just getting away with murder and we get punished for fucking everything. But... Say we just have to get on with it because that's what everyone wants to do. It's yeah. just, it's just every week we are, we're talking about VAR. And as I say, I'd rather, I'd rather lose points and it be the referee's fault and we can go, oh, the referee fucked up there. The referee come out and apologise and we'll go, yeah, because that's just the way football is and that's how yeah. it was. It was always a debatable sport. Now the debates are about proven wrong decisions. The yeah. decisions that have been shown live and everyone else on the planet barring the fucking dickheads in the VAR office think the same, barring them. So mm. that shows you that's got to be a bias. Yeah. What would Obviously, they're not going to get rid of VAR. They've put too much money into it and invested too much time into it. it it's, it's here to stay. So we've got to obviously accept that. But I've seen one or two people, not many at all, say maybe, you know, what about going into like a, a challenge system? Like they do with, you know, like uh, Hawkeye with tennis and things like that, where you get 
say each both managers get like five challenges each game that you can go to VAR for. So you're not checking everything, but unless it's fucking blatant, don't get me wrong. Like if you two foot someone in the fucking chest and the ref doesn't give it, then that's just the automatic VAR going, what the fuck are you playing at? But other than that, like the managers go, if there's something happened in the box, Klopp can go to the fourth official. I want to challenge the decision there because I don't think it was right. Do you think that would improve VAR? Or? No, no, I think it'd be. I think you'd have. I think especially like overexcited managers and passionate managers, like the likes of your Klopp and your Arteta and Guardiola, and that. I think you'll find they'll they'll be asking for ten challenges a game. Um, so I think it'd, it'd be stop start even more. I think um, just like you'd have to be a a time limit in which you decide to challenge or not stuff like that. Um, I think that would suck the soul out as well. I just think VAR as a whole sucks the soul out the game. Like all, all, all I'd ask for with VAR is something you point out before, like an, an ex player being in in the office with them, but them with headsets, so we can hear what the footy player's perception is. We can hear what VAR's perception is. We can hear what the re- the ref's perception is, and put it all together and make a decision. And if we could air all the audio live, it could went on the fucking speakers down the stadium and on the screen, be shown on the screen what the VAR is doing and so the people in the stadium know what's going on. Then, like the rugby, the rugby, mm. the referee isn't an arrogant piece of shit. The people in the officers isn't an arrogant piece of shit and the players are respectful and you're hearing every word. And if the referee is wrong, the assistant will say, I think you've called this wrong, mate. Um, and he goes, right, I'll have a look. Perfect. He has a look and he goes, thanks for that, spot on. Fucking mm. no traffic or track, you know what I mean? Um, that's the only way they can do it. It won't take any more time because that's what should already be going on. There should be conversations in place to make the decisions. Fucking out. Or at the very least, let let as the game's still going on, let us hear the audio at home. You know mm. what I mean? So we, we know what's going on. But I think more people involved in the decision could make it even more fucking carnage. Mm. Well, in my opinion, it should be the referee with one VAR panellist and an ex-player. And that's it. Mm. See, for me, I think I'd like just... I think the checks need to be timed. You know, they go on about clear and obvious and things like that. And Ange Postacoglu was right in what he was saying, even though he was completely, like, sarcastic and disingenuous the way he's he's put it across. I don't know if you heard it. He was basically, he basically went, you know, it was obviously... Clear and obvious. It was a clear, very clear and obvious error because it took them more than three minutes to check it. Yeah. So he, he said it like a bit of a knobhead, but I think he was right. right. I think they should be timed. If a check, I think they should get a minute to check it. If you can't find that it was a clear and obvious error within that minute, fuck it off. Yeah, agree. And just go with the on-field decision. Yeah, because That's if it. it's that clear and obvious, it should be fucking clear and obvious. You can't be looking at something for five minutes to say this is a clear and obvious error. Well, it's not because it's just took you five minutes to fucking look at it. So exactly. if you can't find it in the first minute, carry on with the on-field. But even decision. that, lad, to reduce that to thirty seconds. Reduce yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think I think if you can't find do it something... half, a, half, a ma- half a minute, it's clear and obvious. As he snapped his foot, no. As he made contact, no. Right, it's, it's fucking clear and obvious. It's fucking not a red card. Sound. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Um, is he offside? Draw your lines like quick. All it is, it's a fucking straight line. It's in grids. Draw it. Is he offside? 
mm. oh, we can't quite sell, right? Benefit us out with the yeah, attacker. Like, stop zooming in on players to fucking get the actual fucking pixel of the fucking t-shirt that might be a, a miller fucking meter offside. It's just fucking stupid. They had one today. I didn't see it, but I was watching Sky Sports News. Brentford scored goal first minute against Palace, and that check took them three minutes. And they had one angle where it looked like he was a yard onside, apparently, and then another angle where it looked like he was off. So I was like, so that's not clear and obvious. <laughs> no, exactly. Like you can't tell on angles as well, and they haven't got every angle covered. So you might draw a line. You can do it at a laser level. You can pull a laser level out onto a wall and it look out. But your laser level's fucking laser level. It's mm. bang on, do you know what I mean? But it's just nothing secure. So I think unless they figure out a way to like 3D the pitch on, on the system where they can spin it so it's straight and draw a line to make sure it's 100%, then just fuck it all off. Then if it's out with the attacker. That's Give semi. That. I mean, that's semi-automated offside stuff in the Champions League and stuff like that seems to work well. In fairness, I know because that I've done it with the the World Cup as well, mm. and we literally were the first to go. No, because there's some sort of bias in the game. Sport mm. integrity is fucked. There's a reason why these people in the offices and the hierarchy want this power. There's a reason why they want to have a say in what decisions happen. And, it seems to be the same few teams that are, are experiencing it. You know what I mean? Um, it, it, and it sounds fucking like brainwashed delusion, but it's not. It's happening every single week in most games. It's shite. No. So, um, no, I just think that the only thing, the only way you can fix it is by putting people who know football in getting them involved. And as you say, if you can put a time limit, if it's not, it's not a decision made in 30 seconds. That's it. The benefit of the doubt goes with the on-field decision. And if it's a goal, or it's a, you know what I mean? The linesmen have been told not to put the flags up just in case the game stops and it's an incorrect decision. Put your fucking flag up. Like, there was a play got injured the other day. Play got injured. Play got injured today <laughs> because he hasn't put his flag up. And mm. then the attack stops and the flag goes up. Why? What is the point in that? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree. Now, um, that VAR shouldn't even, it shouldn't be entertained. Don't show the replay. That if the Lions put his flag up and he's wrong, he'll apologise at the end. That's how footy was. Mm. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's Again, that, what, that'd be one of the them. What's the point of the Lionsman now? What is the point of him? I mean, all, all he does is mark where the free kick's going to be taken from. That's it. Mm. That, that's no, it's, it's one of, uh, and, you know, that'd fall under what we were saying there, if, if there was a timer on them, would that have been cleared in, in 30 seconds or 45 seconds, however long if this imaginary fucking timer was in place? I, would would that have been cleared in that time where he made the mistake? So, yeah, put your flag up if you think it's wrong. If the player puts you know puts the ball in the back of the net, John Joe Shelby done it. I think the first season where I was introduced, they put the flag up, but he scored anyway. They checked it and it was a goal. And so, but that that's fair enough. That one was like obvious in the end. But that's all you need to do. You you, you play to the the moment. So John Stones had his hand up straight away as soon as that ball went over the top. So if that flag's gone up and that player wants to play on and waste his energy in in OP is on side, fair play. If Stones wants to stop dead and go, I'm a hundred percent certain he's not on. He's offside. Then that's on him. That's a decision you make on the field. But as, 
that as the saying goes, play the whistle. If mm. the flag goes up and the whistle doesn't go, play on. But yeah. like they've got to start putting the flags up because defenders many the amount of times I've flapped with Van Dijk or Canati sprinted back when you you you're talking a yard offside, it's fucking blatant and the flag still hasn't gone up and yeah. They sure to stop. They, they let on to the linesman to say, put your flag up. He doesn't. And then they sprint back. So I think that's, that's one of the big issues. And I'm just glad it's happened to them. <laughs> but, I, un- yeah. I understand why they have said it, but something like, you know, John Stone's getting injured there. Me, me dad's been saying since they introduced that rule, someone's going to get badly injured with it. I don't know how bad his injury is. Um, but that's what's going to happen. Somebody, the fly, someone's going to be a yard offside, a mile offside. And someone's going to go right through him, fucking snap his leg, or he's going to fucking do his knee. And then the, the linesman will put his flag up, and he's got fucking his, his season over for nothing. Um, the, the only way you can do that, so you're not blaming the linesman, is get rid of the linesman. Because they save no papers. Putting hmm. the flag up, putting the flag up after the attacks happened to let us know it was offside, and we already knew. It's pointless for you. Yeah, I can do that. Hmm. Do that, referee, finger on the ear. Was that offside? Yeah, free kick instead of a goal kick or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's fucking not hard. The linesman aren't even. Yeah. But anyway, Nunez's goal against Burnley. Yeah, no, let's yeah, let's let's move on from that because we look, we don't like spending a lot of time on it, but like sometimes you just it just you'd have to. Um it's, well while we're here, because we're talking about VAR, that on ball against Arsenal as well. Again, that could effectively cost us a fucking league title, like the Tottenham one. Yeah. It's a, it's a fucking absolute joke. Yeah, it's a joke, well, especially when like you're given that one, but against Everton, Man City again, fucking ball's gonna smash him in the face. It's hit him under the armpit. His hands like as close. The fella's fucking a yard away from him when he strikes the ball. Penalty. Like I don't get it. If if Odegaard doesn't handle that ball, Mo Salah runs into the box with the ball. He stops him running into the box with the ball, whether it fucking hits him or not. You know what I mean? It's it's a fucking living disgrace. It's the ball's on the floor and he's put his arm on the ball twice. He slapped like, it. He slapped it away. It's, it's, <laughs> he he won it, the ball with his hand. Like, like Salas, you can say, you can you know, Arsenal fans can say he slipped all, all he wanted, and yeah, he did slip. But like slip and look, you know where your hands go. Make sure it doesn't touch the ball. <laughs> like. Slipping happens on a football pitch. It's just fucking. It's just natural. But slapping the ball away with your hand is is very purposeful. He, Not he even meant that. Like, he controls it. He controls it. So, like if that ball goes past him, Salah's in. Salah's in, and he's getting the shots off. And you, you know what I mean. You've seen the goal. He's capable of scoring. But yeah. he controls it to by his foot, so he can get rid of the ball, and he clears the ball. So that that ends our attack, and it's fucking cheating. So I just I don't get out of I'm shit like I just can't get my heads around these decisions. I really can't. And again, it's just people who don't know the game making these decisions and don't play the game. So we're gonna have if we win the league, it's gonna be have to be by about ten points because they don't want us to to do an heavy and they can't to drop us points and the points we've dropped barring I think Luton. Mm. We lost up early. Yeah, um which you know the what you could argue we should be sort of four or five points clear at the minute. Um, you know, you got the Tottenham one, you got the the Arsenal one. There was obviously, you know, people saying Luke Shaw and ball against United. I, I wasn't hundred percent on that one, I'll be honest. But obviously it's still 
I thought it was, but again, I think that was on the, the lesser scale of fucking on purpose. That was mm. just it. It's his hands by his side, so that would have been harsh, but I didn't took it. Yeah, obviously. Uh, but we didn't deserve to beat United, so no, I'm no. not asked. We, we played well against Arsenal. We played well in these games, mm. and every time we seem to be playing well and putting teams under pressure, it's it's stopped. It's like mm. a, it's like a boxer stopping a, 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 a referee stopping a boxer when he's going for the knockout, like stopping him physically hitting him because he's holding on and that. No, carry on until he goes down. <laughs> yes, yeah. or stop the fight. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's a um, it's shite, it's, it's but... look, let let's let's talk <sighs> about some let's talk about some positives though, because like you said, we did play well against Arsenal. Obviously, the start of the game wasn't ideal. You know, going beyond four minutes in, um, Gakpo playing him on side is is annoying because it was ju- oh he was you know minute again millimeters on side. It was very very close, um, but the defensive line was obviously good enough there. Bar and Gakpo, the defense done done the job in a way. I I think, but after that, I thought we were we were very good. I think Kanate um, was was absolutely fucking brilliant, um, and so was I mean so was Van Dijk. But I think Van Dijk's just having one of them seasons. To be honest with you, I think he's just everything seems easy to him again. Um, love it. Yeah, he's looking good, lad. Yeah, Kanate looks solid as well. Um, Gomez oh. as well. Just want to say to him. Was phenomenal when he come on. Um, yeah, I think just everyone like Simakas done really well against um Sacher until he got injured. You know, Gomez come on took his place, locked them down as well. Gomez come on and had a, a shit scary ten minutes where I thought, oh, he couldn't play. He, he had that one of them games where he couldn't play a pass, couldn't do anything right, couldn't time a tackle, couldn't win the ball, and then he just clicked into something else and was fucking brilliant, like. Superb was made up for him. Um, and, and the goal we conceded against Arsenal, I thought was was poor defensively. I don't think he should be winning that header. He should be when the ball's coming in towards it. It's easier to attack it, heading it out than it is to head it towards goal when it's coming the opposite mm. way. But it's a fucking great finish, like fair play. Yeah, as I say, I think they've just kind of gone. I think the defense has gone right. We've done our job. They've, Played them offside in their mind, and then Gakpo's kept them on. So I think he thought it was going to get called offside, and it's no excuse, obviously. But I think for me, anyway, that's what. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Shouldn't be. But But in fairness, that was the only mistake Kanate made in the game. Yeah, they play well. They play. They're starting to play well as a unit. As I said, I said to you on the last one, if Liverpool turn up, we win that game. We should have won the game. Again, the odd missed chance, um, but the referee fucking cost us. But. Shouldn't have them to be relying on penalties to win games at home, to be honest. So, as you can say about Man United and Arsenal at home, but realistically, we should be we should be seeing them games out with, with another goal or two. Yeah, obviously but the Trent miss at the end as well. Um, uh, don't even want to ever talk about it. It's just like, so unfortunate, lad. It's like it, you see, like you only see it on replays, obviously. But you know, it has bobbled just as he's went to hit it, um, and so he's got under it a little bit and. If that doesn't happen, it's fucking. It's, well, a, it's, always, it's a brilliant finish. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't even know why he's, he's tried to hit it. Right? That's just like, where he strikes a ball. At. <laughs> I just don't know why, like why he hasn't just passed it into the fucking cut. He, he literally had to make contact with the ball and pass it into the net, lad. I think he just. I don't know. It's like a, he's wanted to be emphatic with it. He's just gone. I'm fucking scoring the winner in front of the copy. I'm fucking thunder. I'm eating a thunder bastard here from 
eight yards out. Um, yeah. was wasn't needed, like you say, but he had just stroke it into the net, and it was a goal. But yeah, um, just one of them lads. When when you you look not in, it's not in. But no, someone's gonna get an absolute fucking pound and soon because we are creating chances and we are just we're just missing by a little bit. Yeah. You know, we've even in the games where we haven't we haven't looked well. We've hit the bar, the post. We've had them cleared off the line. We fucking goals offside, penalties. We should have had. We're, we're creating. We are creating. So that's the main thing for me. If if we're not doing anything, then I'm worried. But we are. Mm. Um, I just think, um, yeah, Arsenal. We can go there and beat them. So I don't think that's a big miss. We've just got it. Um, obviously, we know Man City are on the, the chase now. And they're gonna be like a fucking wounded animal. They're gonna be hungry to eat us and everyone around. So we've got to just fucking we can't drop many more points if we're gonna win the league. No, no, definitely not. Um, <clears throat> just want to say as well, both games, Arsenal and Burnley, end up like he's just. He, he, I we said it last time. He's getting better and better every single game. Like I thought he was fantastic against Arsenal. Um, and then the way he's won that ball against. Uh, against Burnley for that second goal like I said on Twitter no one else in that team at the minute would would have went in for that ball the way he did like he, he just decided that's my ball I'm winning it he's took one for the team he's got a whack in for it but it's led to a goal like he's just he's just been brilliant lad he's he's, he's massively exceeding every expectation I have for him well I I had high hopes for him but nowhere near the levels he's reaching now and I think a lot of that's down to like the way he was perceived when he come in because he wasn't a big name and big money and that he wasn't really exciting signing but they're the best ones when they when they work out when a player mm. that you're not expecting to do much I, I, I basically thought he was a squad player and we were going to go and get another defensive mid then when was you know if we'd have got Casado on him you'd have been buzzing but You'd have been probably starting him at Edicacy the way he's played this season. Mm. So do you know what I mean? It's it's all like it's worked out in our in our favour. I think we could do with another defensive mid so we can rest him because he's played nearly fucking every game the last few weeks. And I think we get another one. McAllister can play as an after position then. And that changes our outlook completely again and how how good we are offensively. Because if you've got McAllister doing what he does along with Chabaz like and then you've got the likes of Curtis Jones coming in, Thiago to come back, but Chetters to come in. There's fucking players there, do you know what I mean? Yeah. To have a really exciting bench and a really exciting squad, albeit Thiago will last a week and the Chetters will last a week <laughs> and they'll be back together in the fucking the Aussie. But, you know, if we can use the luxuries while they're there, we've got a proper exciting midfield. But Endo, I said to you, I think last week, he's the first name on the team she's at the minute. You can't take him out of the team. McAllister's back in training. Doesn't get in over Endo. He mm. doesn't get in the number six. Endo's cemented that as his own until he does something drastically wrong. And even then, I go, do you know what? You're a fucking brave player. You you do you like you do take your time on the ball to make sure you find the right pass and stuff like that. But yeah, at the minute it's working. Mm. He doesn't just get rid of it. He doesn't just scoop it away and like as we've described, like a Lucas. He keep up. He keeps hold of it, and he draws players to him. He draws fouls. He he waits for space to be created, and then he he gets the ball into it. First time passing his vision is back to goal, and knowing what's chasing him down, and he just gets rid of it all the time, like and to watch him with a red shirt all the time. He doesn't ever just like willy nilly lose possession just to get rid of danger. 
he, he finds a red shirt, so fucking tip me out to him. Like, I love watching him. I, I literally love watching him. See his little face and I'm just made up. <laughs> I think he, he just epitomises what, like, you know, what the fans want to see. You know, you look at over the years, some of the players who haven't necessarily been the greatest footballers, but they've gave everything for the shirt. You know, Lucas, we mentioned, you know, wasn't wasn't the greatest player ever, but he, he never gave up. You know, people wanted him gone after the season and he just went, no, fuck that, I'm staying. Um, people, people were drawn to him. Henderson was another one, in fairness to him, you know, when he when we did win the league and when we did win the Champions League and things like that, there was that period where everybody absolutely loved him. And but he had the same thing, you know, start of his Liverpool career, was told he could go and move to Fulham. He went, No, fuck that, I'm staying. Massively missed him 13, 14. Another one of them players who not the most technically gifted of players, but fucking gave us all every single game. And people just loved that. Um and Endo was another one of them, but I think he's I think he's a better actual footballer than both of them two. Yeah, he doesn't get the credit for the footy that he, the ability he's got. But say when when we see when we see the the stats and the the highlights of him at Stuttgart, we're like, what was it Stuttgart? It was wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like he he's got he's got this ability to to skip past two players with one touch into an area. Like what we were saying about Sabozlai, he done that in Germany and he done it well. But he wasn't brought in to do that for us. He was brought in to hold the fort and stay in front of the defence. But he's doing a bit of everything at the minute. But he's always available for a pass. He could win the ball on our corner flag and he'll beat your corner flag asking for the ball in the next minute. Or he'll win a tackle and then he's he's fucking in their, in their box. Like He's just everywhere. And said the same about Harvey Elliott. You've got that drive and passion to just, you want to be on the ball and you don't want to lose the ball. You want to just do you want to make sure it goes to a red shirt and the fucking hungry to, to play for the shirt? And that's that's a key thing. Our fans will, will always end up on your side when you when you're like that. Um and that it's good that we've got players doing that now, but he has exceeded all expectations, Endo. Like to a point where as I've said, he's the first name on the team sheet for me. Be disappointed if he's not in the team because mm. you know he, he's got he offers that support. The defensive improved since he's been there. And that's a massive thing. As I've said for ages, changing your centre-halves and your full-backs and your keeper all the time, there's a bit of fucking like, weariness about everything because you're not sure who's where. Enzo just makes that click a little bit. Whoever's playing, if he's there, it's like they all feel comfortable. And that just could be a, a psychological thing that as a player fixated in that role. But I think he's sound. I got to admit, I didn't think he was going to be as big of a miss as he's going to look like now when he goes to the Asian Cup. Um, you know, I thought we were I, getting. I've just heard that that was a thing. Yeah. Um, well, we've never really had to worry about it, have we? Except for we had Minamino uh, a couple of seasons ago, but I think we had him at a time when that probably got cancelled, so it didn't affect us. So, um, I say it's not something we've ever really had to take take much notice of. But I thought we were going to get away with it this season with just Salah going and then fucking. Endo turns up fucking first, like you say, one of the first names on the sheet, and we're losing him as well. It's a fucking nightmare, but just what happens in it. Um, that's what we need to do. We need to go and get a, a defensive mid in because there's not, not being funny. You can probably go and get like, someone for 30, 40 mil. It's not breaking the bank and, and having someone who's a decent age 
and then two rotating. So that's what you need. You, need, you can't have. You see what happened with Fabinho having to play him fucking for seasons on the bounce. He just died. Mm. He got to 29, 30 and just had nothing left in his tank. And we've probably done that too. He's had to play when he was fit. Even when he wasn't fit, we've probably thrown him in because we, we never had anyone else to do that role properly. Yeah. So we need to look at that as a, you know, in hindsight and go, don't let that happen again. Like we've seen it happen with one player who was absolutely quality on his day. who just lost every bit of fucking diesel out of his engine. just gone like, completely. Let's make sure we've got support for Enzo and the other midfielders. Like mm. if you look at if you can get another defensive mid, and then you look at the options we've got: Jones, Thiago, Pachetic, Gravenberg, even Elliot, Sobers like McAllister. It's fucking sound. <laughs> like it's sound, and I know it's going to be frustrating for some of them because they're all majority young lads who want to be playing every week. But that's a squad you can rotate and rotate it well. Hmm. You know, if McAllister's playing one week and then Gravenberg another week and then Sobbers lie another week, fucking, it's hard to keep them all happy, but it's a good position to be in. That's why Man City have won every fucking trophy over the last bastard few years because they've always had a squad with the depth where they have, they have players fucking who, who made a difference when they come on. And we're finally getting there, I think. Mm, slowly but surely, yeah. Um, no, I mean, yeah, tonight with Fabinho, the way his, his decline, we said it last season, was like nothing you've ever seen in, in another player ever. I, I I just, still to this day, I think it was a Space Jam situation. I think his fucking ability got robbed by aliens from outer space. <laughs> by um, <Enzo>. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, look, I mean, we're in a good position, aren't we? We're, we're top of the league, um, which was, was a shock. I, I didn't expect Arsenal to lose against... West Ham, uh, up the irons. Um, I did. I I genuinely didn't. I, the only thing I called this week was Hoyland scoring the winner against Villa. Um, all I'm thinking now is whoever should win won't win because the league's fucking mental. Yeah. So realistically, that's how it's just going at the minute. But barring us, uh, yeah, it's just a brilliant. It's a brilliant league title to be involved in. It's a it's a title base that we are heavily involved in. Obviously. Going into the new year, top of the league. Like I don't want to be top of the league. Don't want the pressure. Fucking give me the pressure. To we be fair, we, we still might not be. Um, so there's still hope for you in that weird sense. You know, Arsenal got to play tomorrow. They if they win, they still go above us, don't they? But obviously we'll have a game in hand. But um Newcastle is it's gonna be a weird one. Um obviously they haven't been anywhere near as good as they were last season, I think. Everyone bar and Newcastle fans probably expected that to be the case. You know, fighting on your fighting for Europe obviously didn't go their way, but they had a tough group. Um trying to go better in, in cup competitions and things like that. It's the they haven't I just don't think they've they haven't got they haven't had the squad this season for Europe, at least not Champions League anyway. Um I think we I think everyone probably agreed that they were probably a season or two ahead of schedule getting into the Champions League. Um at, at best. It can be a bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it happened with us, you know, when we come second, 13, 14, and we got into the Champions League. We we didn't have a squad ready for it. Um, No. Yeah, I I think they just, they've crumbled, they've gone, and I think it's only a matter, like, when you're at, they're thinking themselves as a big club now because they're minted, but how long does does Eddie Howe get now? I think they've lost most of the games in the last days. He's a stopgap. 
I said it. I've said this before. He's there. He's there. Mark used to what it was to City's owners at the time. He's a a good good manager. He you know he's a sort of top top ten sort of team manager in the Premier League. Set I say top ten. He's sort of like between you know from six to about twelfth is where you'd expect Eddie Howe to be managing. Um, but he's not going to take them to where they want to be. He's not going to take them further than where he has already took them. They wanna do they're gonna end up eventually going out and getting a a bigger a bigger name. They're gonna go and get uh I don't know. I don't even know who they get. They go and get a Mourinho. Although we know these days Mourinho wasn't gonna do the magic he was able to do back in the day. Um you know they could go and get a Zidane and things could like they that. Don't. Could they? This is what I mean. I if they offered them enough money, yeah. <laughs> they joined the party too late where FIFA fair plays should like be compromised that many times and sanctions are going out and investigations are ongoing. I think they they're gonna to have to play by the real group. Mm. They are gonna to have to and that's why they've got the squad they've got. They haven't got them they haven't got one superstar in the squad. They've got a load of fucking really good players who are really grafting their asses off and a lot of them are injured. So I think so I wouldn't even I wouldn't say Eddie I can't take them any further. i if I was a Newcastle fan I'd want him to get another year, another summer where he can bring in a few more players because they have got money to spend. But they're not, they can't go out and get fucking a, a world-class player. They can't go like, like Man City can. I don't think. They can't go and sign a Haaland. Do you know what I mean? I, I just don't think they can. I, don't think, I, think, I think Tonali was was a sort of statement signing for them. Um, in, in the sense that he's been touted in Italy for years as he's the next Perlo. He's sort of the he's the future of Italy's midfield and things like that. He's been touted as that for a long time since he was at Brescia, um, when he was like eighteen. Like he's been touted as Italy's next big thing, kind of thing. So I think in that sense, it was a it was a big moment for them. It was a statement signing. Yeah, in that it's sense, re- it's a really good signing. But that's what I mean. Like there's there's good signings and then there's there's superstar like Man City when they started off got like Rubinho and that didn't they? Mm. And started going down the route of fucking when he got tethers and players like that. Don't forget though, like sorry to just jump in there, but with City at the start, yeah, they got they got Rubinho, but then they also got Shea Given and Craig Bellamy, and you know these. Yeah, but, but not well. I mean. Shea Given at the time was one of the best keepers in the league. He was, yeah. and that he he was the type of player where you went if he leaves Newcastle, he could go to the fucking top. He was a brilliant goalkeeper. Just never quite worked out for him there. Uh, Bellamy was a fucking bit of a mad one because he was nuts. But I get what you're saying. They didn't start off, but they, they had that pull straight away to go and get a Rubinho. I don't think they've yet done that. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't think they will. I don't think they'll be able to because the clamping down with the FIFA fair play, but um, financial fair play even. But I, if I was a Newcastle fan, I'd be saying, give him another season. Give him a summer. See what he can do when all his players are back. And see if he can add a bit more fucking flair and quality to the team because the, the signings he's made, whether it's been him or someone above him, some of them are fucking brilliant players, but they're just not superstars. It might be like how we work, we buy decent players and turn them into superstars. Mm. Whether he's got the ability to do that, we won't know, but I think they have they peaked too soon, peaked too early. The fans have got overexcited and thought they were God's gift, one of the best teams in the world, thought they were going to piss the Champions League. And and finishing the top four easily again, and it's just the season hasn't worked out that way for them. 
we could go and put fucking far past them and put the final nail in the coffin in their season, I think. But again, we've got to be careful because they have got talented players. Mm. We've got to be a bit wary of them. But, you know, again, I say it all the time, they're a wounded animal. Go and hit them, go and kill them, go and cost the manager the job. Yeah. Go and fucking do what you have to do to make us look fucking nasty. And we need to put a statement out there soon. Um, they think they're the big bollocks. Let's go and fucking show them they're not. Yeah, it's it's look. It, it, we seem to be the team everyone raises the game against. Um, seeing Luton this afternoon, although fair play to them, they nearly come back. Like, but you know, Chelsea were three 0 up at one point there, and we couldn't lay a glove on them more or less. Um, so it's just I don't know where the team everyone raises the game against. People change the way they play against us, and no one else. Look at United, <laughs> completely changed the way they play against us. Um, and I expect Newcastle to do the same. They know. They don't like going to Anfield. Um, they'll be doing everything they can to try and get something out of the game, and it's going to be, I think it's going to be a bit of a, a sort of dogged affair. To be honest with you, I don't think they're not going to. I don't think they'll look to come and play football as much as they normally do. No, they'll be like dogs of war. Do you know what I mean? They'll come in and they'll fight and they'll have to battle again. They haven't got the best eleven out. Um, the bench isn't great. They're not in a good moment, but. We are. We are. So we sh- it doesn't really matter what they put out in front of us. We should be battling them. We should be going at them. And we should, if we can... It's what I miss about us at the minute is that, like, we, to be fair, we started against United with the, the, the early press and we fucking sprinting everywhere and it lasted 10 minutes and then we stopped doing it. It was like, let's see if we can get one in the first 10 and if we do, carry on. If we don't, stop. Fucking reserve yourself a little bit. I think it'd be the same against them. Go straight at them. Go for the throat early. If you get an early goal, you've got to come at us and then we can play our fucking spacious football and pick them off on the, like, the counter-attack sort of thing where we're dangerous. But I think we'd, an early goal kills the game, I think. I think yeah. They come at us a bit. I think we'll fucking pick them off. But I've said it a few times and it hasn't gone to plan, so <laughs> I'm just hoping it's not one of them edgy fucking nil-nils or one-nils. Where no, we're not can go against us and cost us. Um, if you want to win the league, you've got to be beating teams like Newcastle at home. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, it looks like it's a good time to play them. You know, Caden Trippier's having an absolute fucking bastard of a time at the minute. Um, so you you got to try and play on that. No Nick Pope, I think, is 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 the biggest miss for them. Um, I think they've got to completely change the way they play because he's not in goal. Dubravka um, has been reliable for them in the past, but he's nowhere near as good as Nick Pope is for them. Um, and I can't see them starting Carrius on Monday, so um, we can forget about any 45-yard shots there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, look, like I say, it looks like it's a good time to play Newcastle. I think I think they got beat last time out, but then at the same, the game before that, they, I think they beat Tottenham. So, um, yeah, they're having one of them seasons where they, they seem okay at home, but then... Oh no! Yeah, last time. Sorry, last time out he lost, didn't he? To fucking Nottingham Forest, uh, Chris Woodatrick. So yeah, they got mauled. <laughs> um, a good team, Nottingham Forest. You know, winning no, but that's what I mean. like, today again. Not Forest putting three past them. Do you know what I mean? Surely we can put four. But I think again, that's what I, you'd like I, to think. But I just don't know what our best team is at the minute. I, I think personally, I think Diaz could do with a bit of a. Fucking break out the team. He's offering absolutely nothing. Hmm. Not going past the man. He's not doing anything. He's just 
he gets the ball and passes it back. Um, love him to, to be back. He hasn't been the same since his injury. He's not getting in behind. He's not taking anyone on. He's not getting his shots off as, he, as you'd expect where he cuts in. He's not doing none of that. So I think Jota's back playing Nunez on the left, start Jota through the middle, um, Salah on the right. Fucking, and then you've got the option of Gakpo and, and Diaz to come on, yeah. which is sound. But whether he'll start Jota with him just coming back, but how much we fucking missed him, lad. We said it, didn't we? Um, and then his first game back, he's done well. Like Obviously, Diaz got the assist. It wasn't the greatest of of passes to him. I think he scuffed it a little bit. Jota's had the wherewithal to, to drag it past the defender and score from a, an angle and a position he had no right to score from. But that's what Jota does. Um, and that's what we've missed. We've missed that clinical edge. Jota could start on Monday, do absolutely nothing for 85 minutes and then get two. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's just the like. type of player he is, and that's striker. Yeah, like that's what Jota's, we need at the moment. Jota's playing; he's the type of player you don't take off because if it if it drops in the box, he's the one you wanted to fall to. There's no one else on the pitch you wanted to fall to. If it falls to Nunes, you panic. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. you don't you don't know what he's going to do on the day. But I like Nunes out wide. I think he causes chaos. And as you say, with the likes of fucking Trippier having a mate could be good fucking rotating the front three and just playing on them mm. I think what I like about the front three sometimes though is and I think we've seen it quite a bit with Burnley is a lot of the time they are interchanging with each other so I think it just causes defences massive issues anyway because you know Salah's starting on the right but then he's coming into the middle or he's on the left and they're all just swapping with each other so I think when you can have that fluidity between them although obviously you want them to sort of stay in the in their main positions where you put them, but having that fluidity against the team who are going to likely be playing as a sort of makeshift back four, yeah, we could we could put four or five past them quite easily. Yeah, you got to shoot again. It all depends on what Liverpool turn up. We could turn up and they sit in deep and we struggle to get behind them. But he's got to pick the right the right team for this occasion. Like too many times we're playing. Like, where we're questioning the first eleven, is it the is it the right forward to pick or Jota hundred percent if he's if fit enough starting. I play Nunes out wide because he's against a defence that's struggling, he would cause chaos. Um but dunno, I think Diaz coming on for twenty minutes and, and having an effect and maybe getting a goal will help him. Because he needs a goal or do you know what I mean? He needs a goal to get that confidence. But he's just not getting into the spaces where he can create anything or do anything. You know what I mean? He's not no. he's not getting no shots off or I think he's just struggling with him with himself. He's usually dead dead nippy to beat a man, skin him, and then he'll go back and skin him again. But he's not doing none of that at the minute. He's just practically getting the ball and passing it back to whoever passed him it. So I think he needs he needs to come on and have an impact, in my opinion. Again, like from the West Ham game, Jones is in contention, deserves it. Harvey Elliott should be in contention for a start. Um as mad as it sounds, just start out here on the right and give Salah a fucking break. It's a, there's there's options there we can take where it as mad this sounds like one of them fucking Twitter dickheads, but if I'm playing FIFA against a really good team, I'll rest my best players. I'll start with Salah on the bench and Jotter on the bench and bring them on in case I'm not winning with my shit team. And then you think, right, I'll get two or three with these. That's Joe you know what I mean though. It's all like Harvey Elliott's more than capable of causing Newcastle danger. But if he's not, then Salah for half yeah. an hour is definitely the last thing any defender wants to see. 
Shows Nunes, shows Diaz, shows Jota, shows Gakpo, shows Gavin Murphy. Don't start any of them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, but that's like, I think some of our players are well more dangerous for half an hour than they are starting. Yeah. But I think give, I think Nunes out wide, dangerous, always going to be dangerous. Salah's going to start, so shut up, I'm talking shit. Um, <laughs> Salah out, out wide, going to be dangerous. Play Jota, I'd play Jota or Gakpo through the middle. Um, depends on what we want to do. Do we want to get the ball into the box for Jota or do we want to get the ball in behind for the, the wide men? It just depends what system we play on the day. But whoever plays, I'm, I'm confident we beat Newcastle and we, we end up top of the league again. Yeah, you know what? I think if if Salah wasn't going to the African Cup of Nations after the Newcastle game, I think the, it wouldn't be as a... I think it'd be a, a decent shout. But I think the fact that he is going, they're just going to give him the full 90, let him play. And then, you know, let, him be, let him be tired with Egypt. Um, yeah. But, yeah, is it after no, Newcastle, yeah? Yeah, he goes. I don't know if it's the next day or whatever, but he goes I after hope he gets game. injured. I hope, um, he gets a, I hope he gets a knock where the swelling lasts two weeks and he can't play to them. <laughs> um, but yeah, look. Obviously, January transfer windows around the corner now. We've got no left back at the minute. No, no outright left back anyway. Um, obviously, Joe Gomez looks like he's going to be filling in there. We're losing Endo for the Asia Cup. We're losing Salah for the African Cup of Nations. We've lost <laughs> Matter. I know. No, hang on. I'm getting somewhere. We've lost Matter for the season. You know, we've only got three centre-halves really because Gomez is having to fill in elsewhere what we would likely to only go and get one player in January because that's what we do we, what are you prioritising if if you're in charge there if 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 I'm clopping I'm told you've got all these injuries and you can only have one player I'd be fucking striking the owner <laughs> with a clenched fist in the forehead me too um, but for me hypothetical just go with it um We've got enough midfielders to, to plug a gap for a few weeks. Um, Thiago's back in training. Pachetta just back in training, isn't he, apparently? I don't know. I've seen something today saying that we're not going to see Pachetta for the rest of the season still, so who knows with him. But Thiago is back in training for more. Thiago's back in training. Um, McAllister's back in training. McAllister's back in training. Jones can play the six, so you've got a few players there who can play it. Mm. So, yeah. I think a left back. I think mm. we need a left back, and it, it's just harsh because it's a, it's one of them positions where, obviously, only one really plays all season. You don't you don't chop and change your fucking left back. Do you no. know what I mean? So once Robbo's back and he's back early in the new year, isn't he? Hopefully, yeah. So again, like, no, I don't, I don't know, like. I wouldn't need you and go, oh, we need to go and buy a left-back because we've got Simakas and we've got Robbo. Yeah, to be honest, I think Robertson's further away than we think. Um, like on, on the app, I checked the scores and all that that says he's not back till like late Feb. I've heard people say like early March, late March kind of thing. So, Fucking hell, with a shoulder, um, snap it up and play. You're Scottish. Um, but I don't know, even if we go out and, you know, try and get someone in on loan for the rest of the season or something and just, just plug the gap for the time being or something. But it's tough because I think, I don't know, obviously we're going to have to look at replacing Salah in the next sort of season or so. I'm not saying actually replace him, but bring someone in ready to play that role 
obviously to play rotate with Salah until he does actually replace him. You know, just talk with Jared Bowen again, that's cropping up because he's playing well. Uh, Pedro Neto was another one. He's just come back. I think he had his first game back today uh, against Everton. Uh, that was a fun game to watch, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had all the Blues who listened to us, by the way. Love you. Um, <laughs> Go um, down, we <laughs> um, But look, it's yeah, it's it's a difficult one because, like you say, you're only really playing one left back for the season, but. Uh, Go and buy a fucking 30 goal a season strike <laughs> Fuck everyone. <laughs> no, left back. Gomez is doing brilliantly. If he gets a knock, we're fucked. Mm. Uh, who's the young lad who, who can plug in at left back? Um, I don't know. They've been playing that McConnell and Chambers there, haven't they? Um, uh, and then we've got right back. We've got Bradley, haven't we? Connor Bradley, yeah. Mm. Uh, who's the kid from Celtic? Ramsey? Yeah, Calvin Ramsey is on loan at Preston. Yeah, so he's fucking gone out. So yeah, we've got we've got players there. I don't think there's no need here. We're not desperate for anyone, but we could do it a new few but a few new more bodies, but um it's the thing, you know what we're like in January though, is as I say, we go out we go and get one player. We've I think we bought one player for the last sort of two or three Januarys now. We'll get Stephen Corker on loan up front. <laughs> yes. You might even need them on loan this time, lad. We might be able to actually give him a contract. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. I, as I said, I'm not really desperate, but I think I think midfield we've got we've got three players there who can plug a gap for a few weeks. Yeah. Left back, if Robbo is going to be for another eight to ten weeks, then Simakas isn't going to see up till after March, is he? If, yeah, probably not. Um, so March, April, you'll probably you're basically if they're out for the rest, practically the fucking majority of the season, then yeah, go and get a left back, go and get a decent left back who's going to push the two of them. Don't get a stop gap. They're out for 10 weeks. Come get a left back. He's fucking... He's a good player. Mm. Um, and, again, i get a defensive mid if he could. The centre-half, you know... Quonset, the, the Nath, Van Dijk and Gomez are yeah. options there. So, yeah, go and get a... Go and get a, a fucking really good left back. Spend yeah. a few quid. Go and get a left back. And he starts straight away. Yeah, well, I was just about to say that if, if we do go and get a left back, the centre-half problem sort of solves itself, which is why I think that's probably the the smart move to make in the window. But again, it just depends on how long uh, Robertson, Mudd and Simicast, I think at the minute, is out for. Because, like I say, if he's not going to be back till till March, as good as Gomez has actually been playing, um, I, I don't want to, like you say, if he gets injured, we're fucked. And yeah, and not only are you, you're you losing off. a left-back and a right-back, and a, you, you're, losing and a fucking, around, yeah. you're losing every defender on the pitch there with one player like so. And that's um, credit to Joe Gomez, actually, that we can say that because he doesn't get enough credit. I've never given him enough credit, but he is the most versatile player in the squad now. He's mm. the longest serving player in the squad. And, you know, he fucking steps up to, you know, not a, he's not a Van Dyke, He's not a Robbo. He's not a Trent. He's a Joe Gomez. He's, he's versatile. He does his own thing in his own way. And I think he's still young enough to, to be improving and still be a massive part of the squad. So, Fair play to yeah. him. He's coming at a time when, when we have been desperate. He's done a job. He still makes the odd mistake. He still has me nerves fucking shattered. <laughs> but in the last few weeks, he's been faultless. Like he's been, you know, he has a little mad five ten minutes where you think fucking hell, here we go. But he's been spot on. He's, he's saved us a number of times, and he's been he's been boss everywhere he's played. Left back, right back, centre back. He's been fucking sound. So mm. credit to him. And like you say, he's still young enough that he's still. 
sort of learning himself. I think people forget how young he is. I think he's only still. I like... wish he shaved that fucking beard, lad. <laughs> nah, he wouldn't he be Joe Gomez. He wouldn't be Joe Gomez without that, lad. He like I don't. But he's never had anything else, lad. He's, he's had he's had that beard for the whole time we've had him. He's never no. Been... He used to have a little baby face, lad, and then he just grew this beard out of nowhere and then went shit. Nah, that that's a superpower, lad. That be like... the beard. No, that he's got to keep it, lad. Like remember how weird it was when Klopp shaved or when Allison shaves. It's just weird. Um, when Klopp bin, binders bins was fucking sickening. <laughs> when Allison shaves, that's terrifying. He goes from a different tension. human being, <laughs> completely different human being. Um, no, he's he's got to keep that lad because you know what I reckon it is. He's he's not shaving until he scores, and it that's why be, he's, you know? that's why he's so desperate to score this season because he's fucking <laughs> sick of that neckbeard. His face is tearing. Yeah, I, I can't wait to scores though. You know it's going to be boss because he he got close a few times. I thought he'd won it against Arsenal as well. Yeah, I and fucking the first brilliant good effort. Yeah, like I ne I fuck I, yeah, I jumped so high when he nearly scored that lad. I was I was ready to fucking peg it down our street. Um <laughs> peg it. <laughs> um yeah, look, it's fucking it's exciting, isn't it? Like you said, we're in a title race. Didn't expect to be here at the start of the season. We go back to this all the time, you know, the after the Chelsea game, me and you were wanted the season over. There and then we were just we thought we weren't going anywhere and now you know, we're ending 2023 potentially on top of the league. So long may it continue. Um, just got to get behind them. I said on Twitter the other day, I, I didn't expect us to be here. Um, the lads have done us proud. Whatever happens the rest of the season now, they've done us proud. It, it, it's Klopp. It's a new, it, yeah, it, it is the second coming of, of Klopp. And I, I'm here for it. Like, fucking let's, let's go. It's it. It's like, it's all, it's like the past is the past and it's, he's never been part of anything. It's just, he's, it's like he's a new manager with a new team and my fans are all exciting again. We're excited for the transfer windows. We're excited for what team he's going to put out and how we're going to perform. It's, it's nice to feel like that again. Like, and that's all based on since Klopp's been here. We've had one bad season, really, mm. where we, we've underachieved or like, we haven't been in a running. We haven't been in for a cup or whatever. So it's fantastic that we weren't expecting to be based on where we were at last season. We were expecting to have another, not a mediocre season, but a bit, a loss here, a win there, a draw, a loss, a win, a draw, and fucking push for top four, try and get into the Champions League and maybe win the fucking League Cup or the FA Cup or something. But at the looks of it now, we, where we're at now, if we don't, if we don't finish in the fucking top two, and win a trophy or two, we'd be very disappointed. But as we've said, we're, we're exceeding expectations based on where we're at. This is a, a manager with a brand new team who's built a brand new team, more or less. And we're going again. And we're going. We're, we're doing it earlier than expected, but we're ready because <laughs> we, yeah, we've just shown that we are. We have got a fucking team of players that are that are ready to go. So see see how we go, lad. But if we don't win the league. And we, we finish in the top four comfortably and we can win the Europa League. It's a brilliant season still. But mm. we can't accept that on the basis now that how good we've been this season in, in second year. Yeah. Like if we haven't even there's not been a game there barring probably West Ham where I can go, wow, out of this world, we were faultless, we were brilliant, we're gonna win the league. But like even that that was a fucking cup game. But 
we are where we are in second gear. We are where we are without playing overly well, without battling many teams. We just keep grinding the results out. When we do go into third gear and fourth gear, God help the rest of them because it's going to be fucking scary. It's going to be something we're going to enjoy. And we've just got to enjoy the roller coaster a lot. That's but it. the atmosphere, once the atmosphere picks up in the ground as well, once I think now it I think now it will. Now it's getting to a point where it's not like a case of, oh, we're not playing well. When are we going to drop these points? When are we going to drop these points? Arsenal are title contenders. It's not points dropped. It's a, an opportunity missed more. We, we can get them away. Um, same with Man United. Man United feels like a fucking loss because of how shit they are. But again, you still got to go with Man United. If you can go before the season, draw with the, the fucking top six and beat Man City, um, you win the league. Hmm. Basically, that's what that's what we need to be pushing on to do. But we need to. We're at a point now where if we can beat one or two of them away, it's fucking sound. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, like I said, this was the last episode for 2023, 2024. Expect more of the same from us. Um, just us having a fucking a laugh and sometimes a bit of a disagreement, but more importantly, just we have fun, don't we? Um, we do, we do, but I just want to we are, we are massively nice to get get the listeners involved. And you know, we've been asking questions and thanks this year, your little Jedi, for all the madness because we've been kept on our toes with your questions. Yeah, I know it's nice to have people start to interact with us as well and comment on you know what do you agree with, what do you disagree with. And it's it's just good to have a, a, a little bit of a follower. So that's it. So it's mad that we're reaching other countries as well. Um, yeah, that always to me is just the best part of it. Like you with the t-shirts, lad. When you, I know when you're writing out like addresses to like Australia and fucking America and fucking here, there and everywhere. I know that's like the best part of it for you. And Matt. when I see it on here, when I look at like the, the all the stats and that from what we're doing, and I see like. You know, we've got listeners in Germany and we've got like fucking Zimbabwe and just like these mad countries. It's like, why you like, I made up your eye, but like, how have you even found us? It's just, it's <laughs> mad at boss. And that, but that to me is just, is the best part of it. Um, That's the novelty of it is that, say, we never set this up to ever try and fucking make money or do anything. We just enjoy it. And if it ever goes anywhere, then happy days. But the bonus. I fucking plan is to just entertain and entertain That's ourselves it. more than anyone else just have a chat it keeps me and you in contact anyway i know yeah <laughs> have <enough>. a baby. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah look i just i, I just want to thank everybody who has listened and, and watched this year and interacted um it's the first season where we've like properly went at it again since probably like 2021 really um life always just got in the way and you know the last few months we've just decided to make it you know, set aside an hour somewhere we can we can do that, and that's what we've done. So that's what we're going to carry on doing. But yeah, thank you to everyone who's who's watched, listened, interacted. Um, you know, subscribed to YouTube, rated us on any podcast apps, and this this that and the other. And just yeah, thanks for being a part of it. Um, you're you're why we're here. You're why we can carry on doing it and why we why we enjoy it because we like to see listeners from your South Africa's and your Germany's and your Bulgaria's and. Just everywhere. So let's sign up more countries in 2024. Let's learn the languages. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. If hey, if we carry on, lad, we'll have to be we'll have to do uh, the Liverpool groove on tour. And <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Who knows, lad? It's not outside the realms of impossibility, is it? So, um, yeah. Thanks to everyone. 
uh, all the best for 2024. More importantly, up the reds. Up the reds. Sports Social Podcast Network.